welcome another episode dr james beckett sports card insights here with drew herndon we're going to do an episode of dueling questions we're going to take turns asking each other questions so i have no idea what uh, maniacal questions drew might come up with and he has no idea what i how i'm going to try to trick him into some trick question so um uh, hopefully it won't be such a trick, but uh, uh, great sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Great sponsors. Uh, thank you, sponsors. Uh, one of the questions is going to be about the sponsors, so just a little heads up, but I'm going to give Drew, Drew Herndon, uh, let me get that podograph, as well as uh, other many hobby uh, initiatives that he's doing, including Hobby Hotline, which I had the the joy and pleasure of being a, a guest on that, that Drew hosted. So welcome, Drew. Uh, looking forward. I think I'm looking forward to your questions, and you need to be concerned about my questions that are coming. So <laughs> you get to go first. So lead off. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll start it off with a soft one for you, Jim. But um, you know, obviously, I've been around this industry for a very long time. So one thing I wanted to ask you that I didn't get to ask on Hobby Hotline that I wanted to, but what what's been your out of everything you've done in this industry, what's been one of your your most favorite memories from what's got to be one of the most legendary, probably, careers in this industry? Well, it's that's not a trick question, Drew. But I mean, basically, I'm, I can't say right now. Today is really exciting. I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, I am enjoying what I'm doing now. I mean, I really, I think I've mentioned in other episodes that I really, I love the hobby. I love the people. But I'm not a big administrative guy. I don't you know? I'd, I'd rather have friends than employees. I'd rather have teammates than than uh, employees. So I mean, I've got a great relationships in the industry. Those, those have been highlights. But I'm enjoying it now because I, I'm not running a company and doing P and L and making payroll and all that stuff. Which was I was delighted to be able to do that. But uh, you know, my dad was a collector, so I got it. I was very blessed. I mean, I just really was fortunate. It, at every turn to be in the right place at the right time. So divine <laughs> uh, coincidence perhaps, but uh, you know, I'm just trying to enjoy and give back, which I think right. you are too. So uh, it's, uh, I don't really have a lot of collecting goals right now. In fact, my goal is more to have less cards and to get the cards that I don't need uh, into the hands of other people, not free necessarily, but, <laughs> but to make them available to, to other collectors and not necessarily flippers. So, Again, I've had a great ride. Too many highlights to mention. That's why I'm doing daily episodes, Drew, because mm -hmm. I'm going to have, at the end of four years, I'll have a thousand highlights. So uh, listen, uh, listen, uh, uh, listeners can can, uh, can can wait for that. So not sure that answered your question, but yeah. my turn. Okay. This is not, you don't have to have one answer here, but what's your favorite podcast in the industry? And the answer cannot be yours or mine or one of the word, one of the ones you're involved in. And after the best, sure. what's something positive about another podcast in this industry that you commend and recommend to uh, our listeners? Okay. Uh, well, you can first, do more than one, but I was about to say, can I do more than one? All of them. Don't do all <laughs> okay. of them. That's, otherwise you're running for office. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> like the one thing you said earlier about the podcasting community being so close. Yes, we. it is a very tight knit community here. Um, and I would be able in some way, shape or form to, to probably give a very, a couple of good reasons for a lot of different ones. But if I had to pick a, a couple that I would say 100% absolutely, um, I would definitely say Sports Card Nation uh, with John Newman, um, who does co-host with me on Rough in the Passer and Hobby Hotline, um, yeah. which we, I work with a lot of these guys on multiple different projects. But uh, his show, incredibly informative, great guy, um, wonderful interviews. Um, so definitely Sports Card Nation. And then 
uh, someone that's actually not a part of the hobby hotline community, but it's a podcast that I think does a lot of good for this hobby is a wax museum. I don't know if you've heard of that show or not, but, um, basketball guys. Yes. Yes. And they do a wonderful job of tracking, like not only giving you insight into stuff, but tracking issues that are going on in the hobby, tracking the patch swapping. I mean, they're doing, they do so much stuff, so much good for the hobby while also giving you a lot of very informative information. So those would be two shows. If you're a basketball fan, Wax Museum, a thousand percent. Right. Okay, Eric Norton, you apparently are going to get a bronze medal here. You know, so, <laughs> no, I love, you told uh, me I couldn't list them all now. And Big Shep, I uh, don't know if you're on the podium or, or uh, Stefan or Ben. So they're all on the podium. Maybe they're, they're tied for bronze, but uh, uh, excellent podcast as well. Okay, your turn. All right. Well, uh, you kind of mentioned it in the, uh, in the last answer a little bit, but not the answer to the question. But uh, when it comes to flippers in this industry, the last couple of years, we've seen a massive influx of, at least on social media, of people really um, coming into it as more of a business aspect and an investment as opposed to a hobby whatsoever. Um, do, you, do you think that ultimately is something that is going to benefit the hobby in the next five to 10 years? Or do you think that's something that, you know, is probably going to go away pretty fast? Let me make a radical statement. I guess okay. it's my show, you know, but when the flippers leave, the party's over. Yep, I agree. Because I don't, I don't want if there if there are too many flippers, that's bad. If there's zero flippers, that's even worse. worse. Yeah. I mean, if if people don't see that there's an opportunity to make money here and to have this these uh, you know arbitrage kind of situations where they're with their knowledge, they can see they can buy for a dollar and sell for two dollars, or buy for a hundred and sell for two hundred because they know. Uh, again, if it's too easy, that's bad. Uh, but if there are no flippers out there, then the dynamic element of the hobby. So again, I just, not that we have to police it, but the way, what you're doing to help with that and what I'm doing similarly is trying to help educate and inform as well as entertain people that are in the industry. And as they get more knowledge, they are less likely to be flipped because that doesn't feel very good when you pick something up and then you sell it too cheap and then you watch that person double their money. You should have been the one doubling your money. So that's that. Okay. Uh, promised you episode. Uh, okay. I mentioned my sponsors, uh, and I, I meet with them, not all the time, but I do have uh, personal contact with pretty much all the sponsors. Is there a message or a question or a suggestion you would want to give to one or more of my sponsors? You know, the card companies, a couple of auction companies, uh, a couple of uh, outstanding uh, card shops, as well as ComC and uh, the Beckett media entities. Is there any message or question or suggestion you would want to give either with me or through me to any of those entities. Um, well, sure. <laughs> and then you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, most of them are, a lot of them are, uh, they are doing a good job, but uh, I guess, I guess it would be for the card companies um, okay. more than anything. And I, t- I talked to them some and I'm pretty sure they know what I'm about to say, but um, I would, uh, I would just like to see, I guess I would just like to see um, a revamp of, I mean, can we get it printed somewhere besides just Cardamundi? <laughs> can we start there? <laughs> I just see, um, I, I see so many QC issues these days, and it seems like it, it's all coming from stuff done in the Cardamundi process. Um, so I guess it would be more along the lines of, uh, can we get, can we get a revamped QC control process here? <laughs> okay. Um, can I respond to that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you had a tour of Cardamundi? No, I would absolutely love one. They, 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 they gave tours at one point. Don't know that. I mean, it's pretty controlled. I mean, you can't like wander around, right. you know, kind of thing. Well, just let me let me wander over here and uh, go into this special room for a little while, and yeah. and don't check my pockets when I come out. But um, the um, it's pretty mind-boggling when you go there and see what's going on. 
And um, it, it's so specialized, Drew, that I think that I'm not, uh, I really don't, I actually, I, I love monopolies as long as I'm the monopolist, but right. not the person with a monopoly. It's not such a great thing. So, um, but the barriers to entry for some of those very specialized printing and finishing uh, processes are, uh, it's, it's a barrier to entry. So, uh, and the quality control issues are, are, um, I guess what I would, my suggestion would be in the spirit of what you're saying, because mm-hmm. I know Rob Springs used to work over there. He used to work for me and works for Panini now. But if, um, you know, when we at our company, it was really important that we had not everybody, but a bunch of the people in our company were collectors and knew how collectors thought. And if Card of Monday and uh, anybody else that's printing cards has some knowledge of the industry and what's important to the industry, then I, I, I think the quality control and other things would be improved. Because it's a really tough job. I mean, collectors are so can be so particular. I mean, you you don't you know the the grading is so minutely uh, vet. So you open up a pack and and shouldn't everything be a ten or at least a nine? But you know you can get you still can get some problems, and that's not a problem if it's a stranger's card. But if it's your card, it's yes. it's 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 messed up. So yeah. okay, uh, my turn for a question. Yes, sir. Um, what is a silver lining of the COVID-19, in your opinion, for our industry? Um, well, I, a lot of people might not. I mean, if you hold the cards, you're not going to like the answer to this. But I think it, it's going to give a little bit. I mean, you're kind of seeing it a little bit already. But I think you're seeing some of the stuff that I thought was getting a little absurd with its pricing so early. I think you're going to see a lot of those come back down to earth. And I think you're going to end up seeing a lot of people. I think in the end, it's going to reinvigorate a lot of people. I think it's really going to push people to go back when all this stuff is done. I I've been talking about it a lot and I'll talk about it more on the show this week that I really think it's going to, it's the hobby is going to see a massive surge when it's done. But I think that if it showed people anything, it might show people the possibility of how dangerous it can be when we try and skyrocket some of these rookies immediately up past Michael Jordan, LeBron values in terms of basketball or something. Um, so I, I can easily see cards of younger, less established players, maybe not hitting that insane premium they were hitting. Um, the last year, year and a half. Well, I, I hope that's the case. I mean, basically it's a, we're in an unregulated industry and it just seems like everybody jumps on the bandwagon, but it's hard to jump on a bandwagon when there's no ESPN, ESPN highlights to see Zion's latest uh, crushing dunk. Uh, you just have to go by what might happen when he gets back on the court. When, when, when that happens. So uh, it certainly ought to moderate things and hopefully it gives people, it's like the stock market. When the stock market just craters, they, they stop trading. Yep. And the industry, I never thought about this in this way, but you, the way you bring it up, it just suggests that it's almost like stopping trading because the cards were going up so fast, not everything, but again, when the glamor cards go up, then it also winds up being, uh, you know, it, it, it pulls everything up and I'm famous, not famous, but I've, I've talked about the long tail. You know, that when the, when the industry is healthy, it's not just the very best cards. It's that people have interest in a broad uh, collecting interest. But, you know, most people go to Las Vegas, don't lose everything they have, and don't also don't have a life-changing positive uh, win either. They have something in between. And uh, that's the enjoyment. People who go to Las Vegas and lose a little bit or people that go to Las Vegas and win a little bit. I mean, I hate to tell you, but you look at the hotels there. Most people do not win. <laughs> they wouldn't be building these big hotels. Okay. Uh, time for one last question. And it's your turn. So All you right. So, 
All right, we'll go with uh, something to actually piggyback off something you asked, and it's something I've been talking about on my show for a very long time now, and that's uh, that we're in such an industry that's in such a big boom that is completely unregulated for the most part. Um, and it's when I see stuff now like the New York Times, Forbes, play, magazines and stuff like this covering the hobby, and you see articles all the time talking about how it's being more used as an investment. Um, and you hear that term being thrown around a lot. So should there, should there be more regulation in the hobby? And if so, is it even possible? at this point i i probably go uh, on the side of of uh, less regulation i think when the, the regulations that we have are basically the the criminal law right I mean, basically i mean you can have civil suits but you know when um w- when uh, when the fbi gets involved it's not because you and i have a disagreement it's because right. one of us uh, broke the law Mm-hmm. And when the law is broken, that those are the regulations that need to be enforced. And if they're enforced in a way, which they have been over the at, at times where people actually went to jail right. for uh, doing things that are breaking the law, um, but you know this the business practices uh, again, it's 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 always going to be buyer beware, and you'd have a lot of trouble enforcing that. And so again, to end on a high note, uh, again, Drew, I think you're doing a great job of helping collectors in you know whether new or old, and I I've got the same goal to help them uh, enjoy it and. Uh, you want to, you know, I, I don't think the regulations are, are the way as much as just uh, people that, that have more knowledge should, mm-hmm. should help police and uh, draw attention to the good guys. And uh, and, and you got to be careful about putting the black spot on uh, on the bad guys. But, you know, if if, if uh, you know, behavior that's criminal should be should be uh, should be stopped. And uh, if it's if it's somebody trying to do trickery, then it's like what diffuses the magic trick is showing people how the how it's not magic. that it's. Right slate of hand or something so yeah anyway that's enough for today drew enjoyed being with you thanks for uh, all the hard work you put in on your podcast and for enlightening and um, uh, blessing uh, my listeners uh we'll, we'll, this was fun we'll do it again yes uh, so thanks and uh, <laughs> listeners be back again tomorrow with another episode